0: welcome from Amsterdam, and thanks for tuning in to a new episode of Game Consultant. Your host of today is Reinout. Hi, and welcome to Game Consultant episode 6. In this episode, I'm going to cover Deconstructor of Fun. Michael sent me a video and gave me some homework, so uh, I'm going to share with you uh, what I've actually found out about Deconstructor of Fun. Then, Mark of Game Recruiter. Actually, I sent him some questions and... Dude, really, lots of info. Very interesting info. Um, two emails with uh, so much details about recruitment. Um, so, uh, an item about uh, the world of recruitment in gaming. How to get the best people for your studio. I think something that we'll all find very interesting... The companies that I have on my watch list, uh, Sean of Hutch Games, Pascal, Big Karma, Dion Needy of Engor Games, and I really hope that I said his name really well this time. Um, and then a uh, note to everyone, uh, I got uh, lots of feedback. Um, people that did like the first couple of episodes where things were a little bit more loosened, and the others that actually liked... Uh, the fact that I was itemizing everything. So you know what? Episode six is going to be a mix of this. So, uh, (laughs) I'm going to try to keep to and stick to the items, but also be a little bit more relaxed and loosened up. And, um, then you can tell me what your thoughts are about episode six. Let's get it started. Let's get it rolling. So let's start with the news of this week. Uh, I'm actually uh, starting with with Pocket Gamer. And Pocket Gamer was writing about Honor of Kings, the top-grossing mobile game in January 2020. Tencent's Honor of Kings top-grossing, according to Superdata. The digital revenues has reached $9.4 million last month, which was an increase of 3% year-on-year. More specifically, the earnings through mobile rose 13%, and that's actually quite an increase, I would say. In other news from Pocket Gamer, uh, Google is launching hyper-casual HTML5 platform, GameSnacks. Hmm, who would come up with that kind of name? Interesting. Uh, Google's experimental development studio, Area120, has released a new HTML5 games platform for mobile called GameSnacks. The platform aims to reach mobile gamers with access to 2G and 3G using phones with as little as one gigabyte of RAM. That's quite of interesting. Um, brings me right away to a topic that I will discuss further on. Um, it, HTML5 is interesting, and I was really looking forward to get to know more about this during GDC. But yeah, what about GDC? Anyways, let's swiftly moving on with other news of Pocket Gamer. Um, yeah, Pokemon. I saw it on more sites this week. Um, has made an estimate of 1.8 million dollars of revenues in this first week. Um, the data comes from Sensor Tower, which claims that the apps users spent represents almost 95 percent of all mobile revenue for the mo, mo- uh, sorry for the Pokemon company from February 12th till the 20th. Uh, people in the US apparently spent the most, they represent almost 41% of revenues. Japan, Great Britain, second and third. And well, I think uh, everyone should have read the news about uh, Pokemon. Um, Really good for them. Uh, Then, gamesindustry.biz. I um, obviously saw a similar news of Pokemon, which I'm not going to say anything about it but hey esports last week i had chris reed saying like hey those numbers go up go up how far can it go well it continues and temple storm uh brought in the news of 3.3 million race and the esports team will use the latest funding to expand into blockchain blockchain game development and live streamed entertainment i find that very interesting um I would say I'm hearing more and more about esports and blockchain. Wonder what your feeling uh, feelings are about that. Um, so Tempo Storm believes it has potential to expand beyond being a traditional esports team, and has found some deep-pocketed backers who agree. Uh, you can say that three and a half million—that's quite something. Uh, so the funding was led by Galaxy Interactive through its Galaxy EOS Fund, which invests in projects using EOS.io blockchain protocol. Uh, I have to be honest, I really need to dive in a little bit deeper uh, what exactly that EOS.io blockchain protocol is. Um, Apparently, uh, if you start using it, you might actually have a chance of getting funding from them, I guess. Um news that was not so funny. Uh Eye laid off hundred no, sorry, 20 people. Uh eyes parented company is still front, uh, which actually said it's a natural step after the acquisition. Uh it won't affect portfolio or the business in general. In anyways, uh good luck to the 20 people and uh um well, we have an item about game recruitment and uh, maybe some good tips for the people that have been laid off or will be laid off. But good luck to them, and hopefully uh, we'll see them soon back in this industry. GamesBeat also came out with Sensor Tower and Pokemon. Um, but also, um, quick, what I saw was Unity gets a controller-free hand tracking. Um that I find interesting Uh, obviously I want to dive a little bit deeper into that Um, but I think for now um, that's most of the things that I think I would like to share with you anyway so uh, interesting enough the news of last week let's continue with the topics GDC, to go or not to go? Um, PlayStation, Sony, not going. Facebook, not going. I'm hearing more and more people saying not going. And I wonder what your decision will be. Um, I'm I'm still (laughs) doubting myself. Um, Over here this morning in, uh, in Europe, we actually heard that in Italy, a couple of cities in the northern part of Italy have been locked down uh more cases of the coronavirus. Um it's uh it's it's coming closer to home. And uh I think the official statement from uh Sony as well Facebook were not to jeopardize the health of their employees which is actually to understand and um how is that uh, interfering with, with us um actually it is quite a lot because uh No, I I, I was going through my LinkedIn and I saw that uh, Marcus Lip became the interim CEO uh, of Congregate. And if I'm recalling right, he was already the CFO. Um, So I reached out to Marcus Lip and said like, hey, congrats. I'm doing that actually, uh, as a side note, I'm doing that every day with people that Get a promotion, do have their birthday. And uh, silly me, but I'm sending everyone a note like, hey, happy birthday and uh, congrats to your promotion or new job or whatsoever. Uh, hence, I do like LinkedIn. Uh, but yeah, Marcus uh, actually said, hey, if uh, you are GDC, let's have a cup of coffee. And I would have loved to because I got a gazillion questions for him. I also did mention that I like to have him as. Uh, as an item in, in, in our podcast, um, congregate. I mean, I'm a fan. I like congregate. Uh, since the days that actually we were at spill, we always looked at congregate. Same as mini clip. Um, so yeah, right now <laughs> we actually have scheduled, uh, a conference or well, actually a call and, uh, in the beginning of March, just to be certain from my, Part on my behalf that I get to talk to him, but hey, um, I'm really wondering please send me your thoughts, your ideas. Did you cancel? Why did you cancel? And uh, obviously, um, I'm keeping in contact with the people behind GDC, so if there's anything new, then I will definitely share it with you. So, um That about GDC Um, and that about Marcus, Congregate. Okay, talking about getting a bit loosened up. Here we go. Uh, Let's go for the first item. And I actually want to start with Mark of Game Recruiter. Historically, the hardest to find workers used to be game programmers and engineers. But with such a tight labor market, most any position you seek to fill has become a challenge. It's an article that Mark of gamerecruiter.com did wrote, and it's called Hiring War 2020. Hence my um, topic of today, games and recruitment. Um I did ask Mark a few questions, and, and um, since we have this idea of today, let's go through it in a loose way. Um, I'm gonna I'm going to go through both of his emails because he did follow up. Um, uh, as I said earlier, links will be on my site, um, so you can find, for example, his Wikipedia page, um, but also uh, yeah, obviously GameRecruiter.com isn't hard to find. Um, the genres, he's basically servicing mobile games, console games, PC games, MMO, VR, AR, MR, casino, edutainment, location-based entertainment, game hardware and accessories, theme and amusement parks, animation houses, esports, and TV, film, and media houses. Some of his clients, Pokemon, Electronic Arts, Activision Blizzard, Disney, Sony, Capcom, etc, etc. He has quite an extensive career. Started 30 years ago as a game programmer. But he was promoted. Lucky him. And he got to hire his own team. Or teams, better said. Uh, Through that, for the last 20 years, um, he has been done recruitment. And um, I think he's very, very well established. I did ask him about what a game recruiter is doing on a daily basis. Well, besides talking to HR and uh, people, and they can actually uh, go to his site. I will tell you the link a little bit later. But the the fun part that I actually saw is that he got most of his positions assigned within six weeks. Uh, I find it very fast. Um, so good for him. He has a database of under 1,000 game industry professionals that he has uh, maintained and collected over his extensive career. Um he also sent me a very nice uh, image, which I will post on my site too, how a process of recruitment uh, will work. Um, if you want to apply, uh, you can actually go to gamerecruiter.com slash current openings. Obviously, the link is on my site, as I said, and you can submit your resume. Um, rates. Everyone is always saying very expensive. Um what I'm hearing is typically recruiters' fees they can range from twenty to thirty percent on the yearly base salary offered um so for example, if someone is hired at hundred k, that will be twenty k in fee um so that that was Mark's first email very much on the ball on the questions I did ask um he sent me a second email um uh. And there was one Alinea that I uh, wanted to mention. Uh, We are not advertising your job nor scraping job boards to find what you seek. We deploy a focused search specifically designed for your hiring need. That means we're approaching happily employed folks who are not in an active job hunt mode, working at a direct competitor. We approach these target candidates after we've researched the market. While we may speak and interview 40 people, you will only see the top three to five qualified candidates who pass our pre-screening. Um, that brings me to something. Um, I, uh, through my career, I always found that um, if, if if you're searching for qualified people, exactly what Mark is saying, they're always very happy in the line of jobs that they That they are at that moment and um and by the time you're actually rolling quite nicely uh qualified people knock on your door and then you look at your budget and think like oh that's going to be tight um but there is a saying in the games industry and i think in tech in general always race and always hire um a thing that uh i also think is very important is uh relocating people and 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 um and the terms how you can do uh, how you can do that um uh obviously there are gaming companies all over the world and um last week i um i had a company to watch on my list which is uh, playspace and playspace is actually located on Mallorca. And where in the beginning, uh, people were saying, yeah, but that's an island, Mallorca. Um, once they changed the, uh, let's say, the design, new logo, uh, approach, vision, et cetera, et cetera, it actually turned around. And now it's actually, hey, it's on Mallorca. Uh, work hard, play hard, uh, work in a very nice environment. And also when you're off, uh, you are actually in in a, on a sunny island. So... It's also the message that people uh, will send out towards people that are looking or about to look. In any case, um, I want to thank Mark for uh, all his answers. I, I made a, a small recap of it, which I said will be on my site. Um, recruitment and games, quite a topic, eh? Um, oh, yeah. There's a one last line that he wrote. I got it here. We will bring the whole thing together by closing the deal and getting the candidate on the job. We will follow through with the candidate in the early stages of employment to make sure we head off any misconceptions or misunderstanding, which is just the natural part of being in a new environment. We will stay in consultative contact with you. That was actually... Uh, an interesting part that I wanted to share with you because a good recruiter keeps contact with you and also follows the candidate uh, that he or she will onboard very nicely. And the onboarding is something that I find uh, is underestimated in um, in many companies. I mean, sometimes you're a number because the company is big, but sometimes you uh, you get a leading position and people have to get adjusted to you or get to know you better. Uh, And that takes time. Um, How much time? Uh, That differs per company. But in essence, uh, I think Mark made a very valid point. Um, Keep a close eye on the people that just started and and, and embed themselves, onboard them uh, within your company. Deconstructor of fun. So, Michael, I actually did ask him some questions and he was very busy and he sent me a video. I did some research because I'm seeing those posts on LinkedIn um, passing by on a regular basis. And um, first of all, I thought like he was doing it all by himself. But slowly I saw some other names and it, it, it got my interest. So, um. I actually looked at a video of Game Makers and that was was very informative. I'll put the link also on my site so you can have a look yourself. It came down to a few things. How did it start it, the blog? Well, making notes, similar to what I do. Um Whenever you talk to people uh, afterwards, I have this habit of writing things down in case uh, you're going to witness a similar... Thing, then you can always look at your notes and and, and compare if it's uh, if it's useful. Um, those were actually notes for himself, and he started writing about it. Uh, not so much for the numbers, the people that would read it, but just for himself. And um, once he actually had written a few of those posts, what he was saying is is that within the studio, I think it was Rovio at the time where he was working, people started to discuss during working time, lunches, and, and of course, everyone has an opinion. It became just viral. Uh, one post of Clash of Clans, I think it was about half a million of views. A viral thing. And um, he he's reckoned that his readers are basically interested in making money. And how do you make money? Well, it's easily said. Um, later on in the interview, he's saying like, well, what is what is next? Well... Creating that top grossing game and uh well, with all the knowledge that he has and people that know him and can work with him, who knows but anyways um in making money, yeah, then still the game needs to be quote unquote perfect uh how do you develop um so I think the 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 success of uh deconstructor of fun is how they are actually. Um, How are these game developers making money with their games? So they they take a very close look at the games. They make notes of it and, and, and share it. And, well, as he said, you learn by writing. If you think about your opinions and how you write it down, then you learn yourself. Negative sides, of course, this is internet. People can hate. People can say anything they want. Keyboard warriors. But he's not. He's not looking at that. He's not looking at his own numbers except for the people that write with him. So uh, it's, it's a learning tool. Uh, Deconstructor, Deconstructor of Fun is more a platform than a blog. That's basically how he's describing it. Right now, 15 people that write, maybe a little bit more. And um, some of those people had their own blog. And he did ask him to cross-promote. No competing, just sharing info uh, with his audience. And that really has, has grown and grown. Um, more guest posts, of course, lead to more people. And still today, he has many submissions from people around the world that want to write or get their article on his platform. But, he says, there are a lot of rejections. Once you're accepted, you actually get participate in a Slack group where they share notes and obviously ideas about new uh, posts. And from there on, I think he has been growing and growing. So as I said, what is next? Well, consulting—that's what he's doing for a couple of years. And uh, I've seen a couple of things that he has his hand in, and they look good. He's consulting for some big names, but no mention—mysterious. And as I said, priority is still uh, a focus on that one game. Um, I'm sharing the link of Game Makers. So, uh, Michael, thank you very much for sharing that. And for everyone that doesn't know, have a look at Deconstructor of Fun. Companies on my watch list. Three today, and I'm starting off with Hutch Games. When did Hutch Games start, Sean? July the fourth, two thousand eleven, and that's almost nine years ago. How would you describe Hutch Games? We call ourselves Hutch. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> I always say Hutch Games, but it's Hutch. We are a mobile free-to-play developer and publisher focused on building a great place to work and the biggest racing community on mobile. We make the games our players want, not just the games we want to make, audience focused instead of genre focused. The question about why would you actually start a studio gave me a very interesting answer from Sean. We wanted to take control of our own destiny. Make games for players rather than pleasing a senior executive in a green light meeting. Mobile was a natural place to make this happen with its fast reach and accessible app stores. Can you share some fun moments during this startup? There are so many. Launching our first game was a thrill. Getting our angel seed funding from Chris Lee and Initial Capital... Series A from backed VC and index ventures, and lastly, becoming profitable three years ago. Well done. Also a moment you didn't like, and why? It was a very short answer, and it came back to recruitment, an item we had before. Losing people that we really valued. It is a competitive industry. If you look back, what are certain learnings when it comes down to development or marketing? Focus. For so many years everyone told me focusing on racing was a stupid idea and that it won't work. There were too many data points to say that we were wrong. Formula One is the second watched sport in the world. Fast and Furious is the biggest film franchise of all time and billions of hours of content is consumed on YouTube about cars. The problem we needed to solve was how to make car racing games work on mobile. And it's not about porting console and PC experiences. So last question. What is your best advice to other people that consider a gaming startup? Focus on an audience desire rather than a genre. There are, and there are still, so many opportunities out there. Thank you, Sean, for sharing these answers with me. And let's move on to the next one, which is um, a company I got to know because they reached out, and um, we got to talk about India. And um, during my promo and the intro of this episode, I was actually saying uh, the name Dianidi, Dianidi, And once we had each other on the phone, I... Actually she said, what a nice name. Very difficult to say, but I hope I said it well now. Encore Games. So I wanted to know when they actually started Encore Games. We started Encore Games about a year ago. We're a US and India-based company. Can you tell a bit more about the company, people, culture, etc.? Encore has two business units, one that develops original games and the other that offers publishing partnerships. The company has made a a head start in both business units already. Encore was founded by Dina Nidi, who has been in the gaming industry for over 15 years. He um, was actually general manager of Digital Chocolate. He led a team of 300 people, but also uh, general manager Asia of RockU, growing it to 150 people. The founding team consists of four more experts in the product design, management, engineering, BI and analytics and live ops. The founding team has worked together for almost eight years and brings in expertise in genres like mid-core casual and casino games. How is it to be in India? Uh, India is the most attractive emerging market in the world at the moment. It's at a point of explosion. Dinanidi says there couldn't have been a better time than now to be in the gaming industry. The statistics are mind-blowing and very promising. So a little bit more about India. A country of 1.4 billion population. More than 400 million use smartphones, and 75% of them are gamers. With data becoming very affordable, with the entry of Geo, a smartphone (laughs) users, pay a monthly phone bill of about $10, and now spend money saved from significantly high mobile bills that were two to three times a couple of years ago. The Indian gaming population is projected to exceed 600 million by 2021. And one can imagine that the revenues will grow. In 2020, the revenues from India are expected to breach the $1 billion mark. The number of gaming companies is growing, too. And there is already a unicorn in the fantasy gaming, namely Dream 11. So I have a few more questions that I did ask uh, Dianini. Um, For example, what is your mission when it comes to India? Encore believes that India is the most potential emerging market uh, at the moment. Hence, the company is focused on the Indian market. Encore's mission is to become the number one gaming company offering both global content with an Indian touch and homegrown content to an Indian audience. So how's 2020 looking for you? New games, growth, etc. 2020 is looking very promising, with the company poised to double a headcount. Sign up more partnerships, currently in discussion with some others. Close pre-series A and prepare to make 221 even bigger for the company. The company has made a solid beginning, uh, forging partnerships with key players and working on well-known t- titles like Angry Birds of Rovio, glory of Super Evil Megacorp. The team brings in rich experience in mid-core and live ops, one of the best in the country. So I would say, Dinanidi. If I say your name wrongly, sorry for that, but I like what you're doing. The third and last company on my watch list is Big Karma. Big Karma is founded by Pascal Clarisse. When did you start Big Karma? The idea came accidentally in 2010. The bravery to act on the idea, November 2018. And after his friends Dimitar, Draganov and Ralph Adams said, dude, let's do this, he really had no excuse anymore. The full team came together and really started to work on this in 2019. How would you describe Big Karma? What is the message, vision? The largest minority on earth gets the least media visibility. World Health Organization says that 15% of the world population suffers from disability. That is 1 billion people, and it's a whole lot more than the headline-making coronavirus. Also through accident, sickness or simply aging, it could be any of us tomorrow. And yet, in the era of inclusion, the topic is still very much taboo, as he discovered himself through his own fatherhood. Despite all of that, could you share a fun moment during your startup? He says Have you ever tried playing football with one leg with crutches for work research? It is physically tough, hard to play as well, but it's certainly not boring. The most fulfilling and rewarding moments are when we get a grasp glimpse of raw joy from kids overcoming their specific sets of circumstances. That is priceless and super, super motivating. Also a moment that you didn't like and why? He came with a very um, interesting answer. When you are in the field of disability representation, you deal with a lot of condescending or mercy based attitude from some people you pitch to. It's how we have been conditioned to look at disability the last few decades. It's nobody's personal fault. We look down rather than we look up to them. Our big karma movement, however, is not based on pity. It is based on inspirational, uplifting content and heroic storytelling instead. Any learnings you want to share with us? If you look back on the last year. Again, an interesting answer. Planning is everything, but the plan is nothing, they say in the military. In creative terms, I think it translates into follow the idea where it takes you, more so than where you, Mr. Big Ego, want to take it. As team members join and foundation support us, With their knowledge and experience, the project keeps evolving for the better and looks totally different than what I had in mind when we first got started. And you know what? I love these shifts and turns. I guess leadership after all is just to surround yourself (laughs) with selfless talents and watch their magic happen. I also learned to cry at work on a regular basis and to love it. When you hear the stories of people who are directly affected or you listen to their parents, the gratitude means more. It's a different KPI altogether. It makes you think, Pascal. What is your best advice to other people? Let's say they also want to start a gaming company. Bootstrap as much as you can, prepare to deal with a whole lot of rejection or the new form of rejection these days, maybe. Use it as fuel, it's only one more person to prove wrong and then be open-minded too. Pascal, I have done now a few companies to watch um in my episodes and um since you're a true friend of mine i uh, really wanted to bring this to the attention of many many people and uh therefore um to anyone that is listening right now um i hope that you will check uh, the link that i will share from big karma and um think about people that you know in your surrounding that are disabled and uh, think about the mission of big karma paul and his team what they sorry i said paul pascal and what they're trying to do pascal will kill me for saying paul Well, maybe it's your new nickname anyways um i hope that people from the gaming industry angel investors investors in general will look at the concept of big karma the mission and um will reach out to them big karma holds a very special place in my heart okay um enough for today thank you paul slash pascal and um good luck and keep me posted So that's all for today. I want to thank everyone that did uh, look at my emails and uh, share their thoughts, ideas, gave me the answers. And um, as I said, I'm still learning, trying to make a better podcast. And so therefore, thank you very much for sending uh, emails and WhatsApps about uh, suggestion, what I can do better or ideas for the episodes. So keep them coming. Uh, Thank you for listening. Um, As you also know, I'm doing the promo now on Thursday. So I have a little bit more time to come up with nice uh, topics, but also people to respond. So I know who participates and who doesn't. No worries if you have no time. Uh, There's always a next episode. And uh, after the promo on Thursday... Um, I do have my episode ready on Sunday, which should be around 3, 4 p.m. Amsterdam time. So stay tuned. And for this week, I wish you a very nice week and stay safe. Ciao for now. This was all for today. Thanks so much for listening to Game Consultant. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. And remember, do share this podcast with other members of the games industry.